I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? It's, Explain it to me. I don't no, understand. you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. It's an no. illegal thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor, a teacher, a clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble, and I know I'm in trouble. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Each of we have tonight. Uh, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. The internet, social media, dating and rideshare apps all make life so convenient and fun. Swiping to meet up with someone new has become part of our daily lives. It's also how many unsuspecting people have ended up dead. I'm Courtney Bell. And I'm Jillian Lee Garner. And we're the co-hosts of the true crime podcast, I Met My Murderer Online. In each episode, we share a true story of one such deadly online connection and hopefully how you can avoid it. We hear from all who were involved in the case. The investigators. They discovered a victim inside the house. Victims' family members. Right now, it doesn't feel like life can ever be joyful again. And sometimes, even the murderer themselves. You have to decide... Okay, what are you willing to do here? Are you willing to kill these people? If you're a fan of true crime, then you have to listen to season two of I Met My Murderer online on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In every episode of this podcast, I learn more. And to me, that's one of the exciting things about doing this podcast is that I learn more about the predators I've caught. I learn more about you, the audience, with whom I have an incredible relationship. Your feedback is very important to me. And I learn a little bit more about myself, I suppose. It's somewhat therapeutic for me to talk about all these investigations. A lot of you have asked me over the months if it ever gets to me, the dark nature of these investigations. And it can get to you. But by talking about it, by in some ways reliving it, understanding it better, understanding the minds of the men who go online and seek to sexually exploit children, I can get a better handle on 
being a better reporter and explaining to people in this podcast and in the investigations we do currently on True Blue, my streaming network, how to better protect themselves, how to better protect our children from men who seek to do them harm. It also gives me great insight into what happens to these guys after they're arrested. In the case of Brian Rafino, which we're exploring in this episode, not only do I get to take a look at everything he said to the law enforcement officers who arrested him, I get to relive the moment that he and I came face to face. Now, he did not talk to me in the sting. He walked into our sting house in Flagler Beach, Florida, had a short discussion with the on-site decoy. He seemed very excited about that. Then he saw me and bolted. Now, he had talked in the chat about Dateline to catch a predator, our investigations. So he was worried. But I did get a chance to talk to him, believe it or not, for this episode. That's right. I called Brian Rafino. He called me back, not knowing it was me. And he actually spent a few minutes talking to me. It's interesting. It's compelling. And we'll get to that shortly. Brian Rafino had been chatting online with a perverted justice decoy posing as a 13-year-old girl named Claire. His screen name was Mandarin Guy 78. He was 25 years old at the time, 78 apparently being the year of his birth. Still not sure what Mandarin Guy means. The girl, Claire, had a screen name of, hey, shut up. Standard and sassy for a girl of that age, I suppose, online. And as always in these investigations, Brian Rafino makes the first move approaching this girl in a chat room. Now, at the time, Brian Rafino was married. His wife was pregnant He had a one-year-old child and a four-year-old stepson. With all that going on, he found time, apparently he was unemployed at that particular moment, to have a sexually explicit chat with someone who told him she was 13. Then he gets into his father-in-law's vehicle, drives a little more than an hour from the Jacksonville area to Flagler Beach, Florida. And this comes after a chat which leaves no doubt as to his intent. Now, he would be very sheepish later during the police interrogation. Be nervous. He looked clammy, pale. They had to get him a glass of water. His handcuffs were bothering him. We'll get to that in a moment. Mandarin Guy 78 starts off the chat on November 27th, 2006. That's right. A little less than a month before Christmas. Hey, 
he wants to know. Hey, says the girl. How are you? Good. Where are you from? By Daytona, she says. Cool. Do you have a pick? Where are you from, she asks. Jacksonville. Cool. How old are you, she wants to know. 25, he admits. You? 13. 13, she says. His response? You're cute. Not, you're too young to be in this chat room. Not, I'm way older than you. Not, you're a child. This is wrong. You're cute, he says. Thanks. They exchange pictures. Nice pics, he says. Thanks. How tall are you? Five feet. You, five nine, he says. Cool. You got any more? That's it. You need to get a digital, she says. I know. And just literally minutes into the conversation. So what's your bra size? That's right. He wants to know the bra size of this 13-year-old girl. 32A, she says. Nice. I grow still, she says. You will, he assures her. Too bad you're not in Jack's, meaning Jacksonville. Yeah, why, she asks. Because you're cute. What's your name? Brian. I'm Claire. You're pretty cute to make out with. You think so? Yeah. If you were here, I would so make out with you, he says. Cool. You want to do that, she asks. Yeah. What else you want to do, she asks. I don't know. Whatever you want. Now, we see this frequently. The man, the predator, lays it off on the child, somehow justifying, rationalizing that if she or he says what they want to do, it's okay. And you'll hear later during the police interrogation, he'll claim that he had no intent of raping the girl, forcing her to do anything. She would have to consent. Well, Brian, the problem is at 13, she couldn't give consent. Then he wants to know what her sexual experience level is. What have you done? Kissing and stuff. She says, what kind of stuff? You know, no, I don't. Tell me. You know, tell me, he says. Don't be shy. Hugging, what else? Touching, what have you touched, he wants to know. It, LOL. A penis, LOL, he asks. LOL, yeah. What do you mean by making out, she asks. Kissing, with tongue, he says. Have you ever given head? No. Have you been fingered? I don't think so. Okay. Do you ever want to try it? Yeah, if you want to. Well, you're in Daytona, so how can we, he says. I don't know. You got a car? Yes. Cool. What kind? A blazer, he says. It's like an SUV, she asked. A blazer, he says. Then he wants to know, do you have a cam? I wish I did, she says. Are you bald down there, he wants to know. Yeah, nice, he says. Why, you ask? Just curious. 
Yeah, just curious. Then she says, you don't have a girlfriend? Just you, aw, you're sweet, she says. Now, he conveniently leaves out the fact that he's married, that his wife is pregnant, that he's got a one-year-old and a four-year-old stepson. That obviously is not going to be interesting in his mind to a 13-year-old girl. They wrap up that conversation and promise to chat again. And sure enough, they do. What were you doing, she asks. Thinking of you, LOL, really? Yeah. What were you thinking, she asks. How hot you are? At 13. Do you want to get naked, he asks. With you? Yeah, okay, okay. What do you want to do if we get naked? I don't know. What would you want to do? And this is the decoy, an experienced decoy with perverted justice, making sure that the potential predator shows intent. They have to cross a threshold before they're invited over to the sting house to make sure there's a airtight criminal case. Once again, he wants to know, have you ever been fingered? No, you want to do that? She asks, sure. Or talk about a cam. Now, if you look at this conversation, it certainly is a possibility that she's not the only one with whom he's chatting. But he's starting to focus on her more intently. They talk about a meeting. He's going to drive over in a silver van. What are you going to be wearing? He wants to know. And then, out of the blue, he asks, you're not a cop or anything, are you? No way. I'm going to wear my pink top and jeans. Okay. He wants to know where she's going to be standing. I will come out when I see your van. Just stand in the front, he says. I want to see you first. Okay. I will come out when you get here, silly. Okay. He's getting ready to get on the road. You sure you're going to be home? He asks again about the bra size. More questions he's already asked. He wants to make sure she's going to be home alone. And here he comes in his silver van. He parks and walks over to the house, rings the doorbell. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You can come in. Hi. Hey. Hi. The onside decoy meets him at the door. He's wearing jeans and a zip-up sweatshirt, hoodie type thing. He seems very interested in the onside decoy. So what do you want to do? I don't care. Have any ideas? <laughs> There's a quick conversation at the door about what they're going to do. Well, I think I'm going to go change then. It becomes clear to me in the moment that it's time for me to walk out from the back room 
and confront him. Brian, I've got some ideas for you. Brian takes one look at me and he leaves. Right out the door. He doesn't get very far, though. The Flagler Beach police are waiting. I think it's the front one. He's taken down to the interrogation area they've set up for the sting. And he sits down with somebody from the prosecutor's office and one of the detectives. All right. I'm going to tell you something. You want to cooperate? Yes, yes sir. behave yourself? I'd appreciate it if you could. Okay. Well, all right. I would certainly appreciate it also. The officers ask him to stay calm, to cooperate. That doesn't mean he has to talk to them in detail. He'll be read his rights and given the opportunity to ask for a lawyer. My vehicle going to be impounded? Um, Investigator Williams is going to have to tell you what's going to go on with your vehicle because I think they've got some. They'll have to have some questions about it. Is it? Is it? It's my father-in-law's. It's your father-in-law's car, so it's not yours. Okay, um, she'll be able to talk to you. He's initially concerned about them taking the car. He admits that it's not his. In some of these cases, if it belongs to the predator, the law enforcement department investigating can make an argument that the car should be forfeited because it was used in the commission of a felony. That's not the case here. The father-in-law got the van back. And then Brian Rafino is very concerned about spending the night in jail. He wants to get this over with quickly. He really wasn't going to do anything with this girl. It was just a mistake. An error in judgment. An error in judgment. My name is Leslie Floyd. I'm an investigator with the state attorney's office uh, in Daytona Beach, and I'm here assisting uh, the Flagler Beach uh, Police Department. And um, the investigator Williams, I think you met her out in the hallway when uh, when she was just making sure you didn't have anything yeah, on you. So if I cooperate, am I going to be able to walk out here on my own? Um, no. And Brian's a little scraped up from his arrest. He's got a an abrasion on his forehead. And soon he's going to, as I mentioned earlier, start feeling unwell. Like he's going to pass out. The detectives bring him some water. They peel back his hoodie so he doesn't get too hot. And they continue the questioning. And so why why are we here? That has to do with Claire. I thought it was... Um, do you want me to help you out a little? Can I help you out? Do you want me to... Um, I can't take your cuffs off. Um, or anything like that, but what I can do, sit down. Sorry. If you want me to help you, I'll I help just... you. This is going to be a little bit more uncomfortable, but at least you'll be cooler, all right? Is that better? Well, no wonder you're hot. You got on a long, a long sleeve shirt, too. Is that better? Okay, so you were telling me um, about Claire. And because he's handcuffed, the detective actually has to reach over and let him take a sip from the cup, which he does. So you came to see Claire? Yeah. 
Listen, Brian, let me just let you know one thing right off the bat, okay? I can't have you making any sudden moves or anything know, like sorry. that. I know. I don't want you to pass out. That's why we took your sweater off, and um, uh, we, we're going to get you some water, okay? But by the same token, just... I just, swear, I am trying to help out the Okay. That's great. That's great. Brian, did you take anything before you came here? Any kind of medication or anything like that? You need to let us know if you did. Okay. Brian says he didn't take any medication or any drugs that the detectives needed to know about. The detectives want to know how he met Claire online. He speaks softly. In fact, at one point, the detective and the assistant district attorney actually ask him to speak up because they can't hear him. Okay, so you met Claire about how long ago? Yes, a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. I remember. And you, you guys talked and made arrangements um, for you to come here and and have sex together. It wasn't sex. Okay, well, we never said sex. But he claims it wasn't sex, but the detective has seen the chats. Well, actually, I've I've seen your conversations, and it did say sex. And you just told me that you came here to do what you said you were going to do on the chat room. Wait, no, I was. I don't remember saying that, of course. Yeah, well, well, yeah. Maybe you didn't use the word intercourse. Okay. Not many people right. do, except for your doctor or something, right? But yeah, you said, right. you know, you were going to do some sexual things, okay. fingering. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know what you meant by it. Yeah. Yeah. Like fingering and stuff like that. So that's what she came to do. Okay. I thought you were talking about her. Okay. All right. You, you all right? I'm just really hot. This morning. Have you ever been arrested before? Yes. What were you arrested for? Uh, paraphernalia. Marijuana pipe. Marijuana pipe. Okay, how long ago was that? Three years ago. Four years ago. Now they want to discuss his criminal history. He has been arrested before for illegal possession of a marijuana pipe. He also, as a juvenile, was arrested for trespassing back in New Jersey, where he once lived. No big offenses, but... He admits it. Three or four years ago. Are you on probation or anything no. from that? Okay. Is that the only time you've ever been arrested? Yes. Okay. Oh, juvenile. Okay. When you were juvenile, what were you arrested for? Uh, trespassing. Okay. So just the, the marijuana paraphernalia and the yeah, trespassing. Hey, 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 hey. No, no, no. What's going on here? Nothing. Seriously. Okay. Suddenly, Brian does something behind his back like he's trying to fidget out of his handcuffs and it, it causes a great deal of alarm. Sorry. Do me a favor. Remember what I told you? We, we, we just can't be making way. sudden movements and stuff like that, okay? I did you a favor. I took your jacket right. down, but what that does is it conceals your hands and that's All a concern right. to me. Well, okay? You, so you want to put the jacket back up or you want to keep your hands still, okay, Brian? Okay, I'm sorry. My hands was tingling. I know, okay? Let's just kind of get them up like that. We'll put this deck there behind it, okay? All right. <laughs> Poor Brian, his hands were tingling. But you can't be moving around making the detectives nervous. So how often do you talk to girls on the internet? I mean, do you go on a lot, like every day or? Just since you're not working? It's whenever I get a chance, it's really not a whole lot anymore. I don't do it a lot. The detectives want to know how often Brian goes online and chats with girls. He's not 
real helpful with this answer. So, well, I mean, I think the best thing, and you've been so honest and forthright, I think that's wonderful. And I mean, the best thing to do is just to keep that going because if we go in your house, okay, good. And if we go in your house and look at your computer, you know, it's just going to save everybody a lot of trouble if you just go ahead. Okay, but who, who I'm talking about like who do you talk to? Who are we going to find on your computer? That Claire person should be the only one. That is the only one. He claims that Claire should be the only one with whom he's had a sexual discussion. Does Brian have children? Yes. Uh, yeah, I haven't gotten there yet. You oh, do okay. have children? How old are your children? Uh, stepson's four and my other son's one. It's another one on the way. Okay. So you have a stepson who's four. And then you have your own son? Yeah. And how old is he? One. One. And then you have a baby on the way? Do you know if it's a boy or girl? He admits to the detectives his family situation. Can you imagine how a woman, his wife, pregnant, would react to get that phone call? You're where? You've been arrested for what? You drove my dad's vehicle to do this? And now you're handcuffed at a police station after trying to meet a 13-year-old girl for sex. She does ultimately file for divorce. I'll get into all that shortly. It's like I was staying overnight in jail. Yeah, you do. But um, the judge does first appearances on the weekend also. So um, you'll be seeing the judge in the morning for the bond to be set. Uh, that's up to the judge. Like, if I have someone pick me up, like, how is that going to work? Well, you'll get a phone call once you're processed and booked into the county jail. And then you can make those arrangements with whoever you'd like. Like, say if I had my mom come pick me up? Mm-hmm. Pardon? I mean, I have anybody come pick you up. I don't believe they'll tell them what the charge is. Um, you know, if you don't want them to know, but I, I my guess is that your wife is going to end up finding out. Brian is now concerned that people will know the crimes for which he is charged. And the detective is straight up with him. It's like, well, not necessarily, but they'll be able to find out. All they'll know is that you were arrested and need to bail out. But if they go to the court hearing, obviously they're going to hear what the charges are. If what you've heard shocks you so far, join us back in a moment. Is there anything else that you can think of that we need to know that's going to, you know, any more information that we're going to need for the for this investigation? Or, or is there anything else that you want to say or add to it? Shouldn't be. The interview concludes and Brian is led away. Ultimately, he does get bail and get out. But the road ahead is going to be very rocky for Brian Rafino. He ultimately pleads guilty to charges associated with the sting originally charged with lewd and lascivious behavior, computer pornography, sharing that with a minor, the usual charges. He pleads guilty 
and gets 18 months in prison. He's got to be on probation and he has to stay on the registered sex offender list for life. In 2007, his wife filed for divorce in custody of all the children, including his. In prison, he gets into trouble for assaulting another inmate with a food tray. And then after he's out, he moves back in with his parents and gets a job at a truck stop. In 2011, he starts to get into trouble again. They catch him using drug masking agents. He's not supposed to be using under his probation agreement. And then he gets into trouble again for falling behind in his payments. He's supposed to pick up the cost of his GPS monitor. He's being surveilled. It's like an ankle monitor. He finally gets off probation in 2015. Now, he gets into trouble again because apparently he goes to a public pool where children frequent, which, again, violates the terms of him being on the sex offender registry. But he stays off of probation for about three years. But he's still on the sex offender list. He's going to be on that for life. In 2018, the people with the sex offender registry noticed that Brian had an iPhone, but he had no email address registered with the registered sex offender office. And that's a violation of the terms and conditions of being a registered sex offender because you need an email address to get an Apple ID. They asked Apple for his account information and found out that he had two email addresses that he was keeping from the RSO folks. And they also found out that he had an Xbox Live account, which was not registered with the people who monitor the sex offenders. They called him at work and told him to meet them at his house, his parents' house. And he said, how about you come this weekend? They told him, no, we're going to meet you now. Everybody gets together at the parents' house, and he says he doesn't have the key. Once again, they don't buy into it. They then have him call his mom, who opens the door. He says he left his phone at work and didn't know the number. They asked Brian then to show them his bedroom, and he took him to a room that wasn't his. And this is where his mom rats him out. The mom says, that's not Brian's room. His room is over there. And she let them in. They find the Xbox. He claimed it was his son's. But when they turn it on, they find Brian's email address. And in fact, that it was registered to him. And it was full of porn. Back goes Brian to prison for 48 months where he stays until about a year ago. He finally gets out. I was able to track down a number for Brian Rafino. He didn't pick up, 
and I didn't leave a voicemail, but he did call me back. And he had a conversation. Listen to this. Hello? Hi, uh, I got a call from this phone number. Hey, is this Brian? Why? Is this Brian Rufino? Is, uh, who's this? Brian, it's Chris Hansen. How are you today? What do you want? Brian, I wanted to talk to you about the time we met in Flagler Beach, Florida. Um, why? Well, I do a podcast and I follow up on cases that we've done. And I just want to find out about what you've been up to since we came face to face. And if you have anything to say about the situation you walked into. All I have to say is my life is fine. I'm working and I'm living my best life the best that I can. That's all I have to say. Living his best life the best he can. That's all he has to say. And I asked him about that dust up in 2018 that sent him back to prison for 48 months. Can I ask you one quick thing about your situation in 2018 with the registered sex offender people? They came to your parents' house asking about a couple of accounts you had, including an iPhone and some access to Xbox. And apparently you weren't honest with them and you had to go back to prison. Can you talk about that? Uh, no, I'm good. No, thank you. Do you feel you were treated fairly throughout this entire process? Like I said, I'm not making any more comments. I understand you got a job to do. You're doing a show. And I'm not going to let anybody make any more money off me. So, I mean... <laughs> I asked him what he meant about making money, quote, off of him. When you say you're not going to let anybody make any more money off you, what do you mean by that, Brian? I mean, NBC making money. I mean, NBC making money off the show, obviously. So, I don't, I'm not making any more comments, so. And as it turns out, he knows that we still do these investigations. And he understands why, he says. But you see why we do these investigations, right? I, I get it, and I know you still do it. I know you still do it. I've seen it on YouTube. I mean, I've got nothing against it. I fucked up, yes. And I'm living my, and I'm up, yes. And I'm living my, and I'm, you know, living life the best that I can. Okay. And what would you say was your main regret, Brian? And if, if you have a message for other people who may be considering meeting somebody like this online who's underage, what do you say to them? Don't do it. And I get the sense at this point that even though he told me earlier on he didn't want to talk in detail, that he did want to get some of this off his chest. And do you feel your punishment was appropriate? This isn't going to help my situation anymore, but I'm done. I'm done talking. Okay. Well, listen, Brian, I, I know it's a difficult situation and a difficult subject for you. And I appreciate you talking to me. And if there's anything else you want people to know, uh, feel free to share it. I mean, there's not much to know. I mean, just don't be stupid. I mean, I was young, stupid, and a bad situation at the time and didn't know how to handle my life. So, 
All was. He takes responsibility almost. I'm living with it for the rest of my life, and I accept it, unfortunately. And to other men who might be thinking about meeting somebody underaged in person who they talk to online, what do you say? I say stay far and fuck away. Words to live by, Brian. Words to live by. More of our story in a moment. As always, I like to hear from you. And this week's question comes all the way from England and listener Lewis. This is Lewis from Durham, England. Just want to say I'm a big fan of the show, including everything you do and including the podcast. Uh, So keep it coming and I will keep listening. The question I want to ask you is, I'm a master's student in social work and I'm doing my finals paper on child predators with intellectual disabilities. And a lot of the articles that I've read leading into this have used or mentioned your original series to catch a predator and have mentioned even the perverted justice and some of the transcripts they have used to fund research and i just want to ask you one you're aware of this and obviously it shows the cultural significance of the show at the time in highlighting this issue but also if you've ever been asked to consult or would you ever consider taking part in direct research into this phenomenon and working with people in the future so anyway like i mentioned big fan of the show and keep up the good work thank you lewis and it's a fascinating question i've never been asked necessarily to consult on a case or in a therapy session but i do know there has been a lot of work done in terms of the relationship between intellectual disabilities and predatory behavior. And I think there's something there, but we also see people like the 61-year-old doctor who sat for an interview, it's going to be on True Blue very soon, who are intellectually all there. They're smart people, and they can't control their impulse, and they act out. They have these fantasies, just like those who have an intellectual disability. And so I don't think there's a, an exclusive relationship between predatory behavior and intellectual disability. I think it affects all intellectual levels, from the doctors to the lesser intellectually gifted. Do we see people who have mental issues or intellectual issues who may not exactly understand right from wrong? Yeah, we've seen that. But more often than not, these guys know the difference. Brian Ruffino knew the difference. He knew what he was doing was wrong. And he essentially said that all these years later. But it brings up another point, Lewis, and that is, okay, we do these stories. We expose these guys. We try to create awareness in a dialogue. But what do we owe society on this? Do we need to come up with a way 
to encourage these guys to get therapy before they act? Do we add some sort of a hotline number at the end of each Predator episode, takedown episode, like news organizations do when they do a story on suicide? If you have suicidal thoughts, reach out to the National Suicide Hotline. Is there a a place for a national hotline for people who may be acting out inappropriately towards children? These are questions that we wrestle with. And I think it's one of the benefits of this podcast is it makes me think about these issues and makes us all better reporters and producers on my end of it. And so thank you, Lewis, for raising that. As always, you can reach me all over social media at Chris Hansen on Twitter, at official Chris Hansen on Instagram, Cameo even, TikTok. And we have new episodes coming out very soon on my streaming crime network, True Blue. Predator Investigations, we call them Takedown. And that interview with Dr. Parminder Joswal, a 61-year-old physician who showed up in a sting to have sex with a 15-year-old girl. That's coming up very soon, too. It is compelling and insightful. It's the first time a predator I've caught has sat for an exclusive in-depth interview. I've had guys talk to me like Brian Rafino did for this episode. But this is something different. I hope you check it out. We'll have more on that very soon. And as always, you can reach me right here at Chris at PredatorPodcast.com. I'll be watching and listening. A Huda Media Production.